football podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback, defense, tight end recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Street. I'm DJ Zacharyse, a late round quarterback, and as always, I am joined by my lovely co-host, Denny Carter. Denny, what's going on, buddy? Uh, I'm completely rattled by that introduction. I, I don't, I don't even know what to do from here, other than to say I'm doing, I'm doing well. Uh, this is now my second podcast of the day after doing uh, a good football show. Uh, with Pat Doherty this morning uh, on Tuesdays, Pat and I will be doing a, a pod just together, and then I'll also be doing the pod on uh, the NBC Sports Edge pod on Wednesdays and Thursdays. So I am just potted up. Yeah, I mean, like you gotta you gotta rest your voice, you know, get ready for uh, for all that, right. just like just the grossness that goes on in your throat from talking all the time. Uh, it yep. was even worse for me last year, going through all the stuff that I was going through. Hopefully, this year is a little bit better. But yeah, it's like a it's a very real thing. After I'm done, like doing like a if I do like a long late round podcast, uh, when I'm done, I'll walk away and I I just like feel it. Like it's just like it's just it's 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 there right in the, right there in your throat. I'm I'm currently lobbying NBC to send me a voice uh, therapist of some yeah. kind to make sure that my speaking voice is in perfect form, hundred percent throughout the season. I'll, I'll keep you guys updated on whether they go for that. I don't know. Yeah, well, it doesn't help that I'm I'm so exhausted right now. So my my uh, wife's side of the family, uh, we all met up, and 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 for the record, we all we all COVID tested beforehand. We all met up. We are, we're, we're all vaxxed, but we wanted to be, you know, doubly sure. Cause we had mm-hmm. some elders there and stuff too. Um, but we, we went to the lake. There's a, a lake around Charlotte called Lake Norman. And it's this giant, giant lake with houses on it. It's where like, like Michael Jordan lives there and like a bunch of NASCAR oh drivers God. live there what? and stuff. And, and there's, there's like houses everywhere. I mean, this, this lake, you guys can go Google it right now. This lake is sincerely massive. Lake Norman. It's, it's, it's a Duke energy. Like it's a, it's, it's a man-made lake and, and whatnot. And so people go there and vacation and stuff. We decide, we, every Labor Day, we, we rent a place there. And then everyone's, you know, um, my wife's side of the family kind of comes down and we all gather and have a good time, whatever. And so we, we had that weekend this past weekend. It's exhausting. I, I, I am so tired right now. Um, and not only that, we rented a boat and we had this like pontoon type boat uh, that we had for a couple of days. And I still have, I have like really just obnoxious, like inner ear stuff. I have like everything, but I have like, there's <laughs> like, like it, I still feel like I'm on the boat right now, you know, really? oh my gosh. And it's two days later. It's the worst feeling on earth because you like, you move, if you, if I move quickly in one direction, it's like my body doesn't quite keep oh up with God. it. And it's, it's awful. I feel exhausted. I'm dizzy from that. And, and it's just not a fun time right no. now. It doesn't sound like it. I mean, for, first of all, you know what you said about uh, the man-made lake. I prefer woman-made lakes, but that's just me, I guess. Yeah, that's fair. That's um, fair. I, 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 you know, I mean, you know, you are. I, I am. I am a misogynist, so it's it's a problem. It's a problem, but we'll 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 skip past that. But no, I I, I know I know exactly. Well, I don't know what you mean about the pontoon thing. I I can't relate, but I can relate to to being uh, tired 
from a from from vacation um you know you see you see like facebook posts or tweets with people being like i need a vacation from my vacation which sounds corny and and dumb but it's actually not it's i can relate to it like when you know as a as a parent i feel like you can relate to and maybe not maybe not as a parent no 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 no. you know what we're gonna go with just parents here because i was not i did not feel like that i never it's definitely a parent thing there's no doubt it's a parent thing but but that that whole thing about i need a vacation for my vacation it's that but not ironically like you actually uh look you dread coming back because you're like, I'm, you know, I haven't slept a whole lot. Maybe you've been drinking too much, you know, like you're, you know, fun in the sun, that sort of thing. You're exhausted. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So first off, I had a back-to-back drinking night for the first time in a year and a half. Okay. So that, that happened, but also I'm in this room with my wife and daughter and Avery sleeping on a blow up mattress on the ground. And she's just moving around. Like she can't get comfortable during the night and stuff. And then one night she wakes up at two 30 in the morning and she's just sitting up and then she starts crying because Larry, her lamb is not there. Larry, we, we left Larry at home. Larry's just in her playroom, like in a stuffed oh, no. animal area. Right. Larry, by the way, is a female. Uh, we, we, we just assumed Larry's gender for a very long time. And then Avery one day said she, and we're like, Oh, okay. Larry's a, a, a female. Uh, all right. All right. So, so, but she starts crying for Larry in the middle of the night at two 30 in the morning. Larry's not there. We have other stuffed animals that we brought with us to comfort uh. her at night. Larry's not there another half hour of just like trying to like calm her down and stuff. And then finally she calms down and then your night's just shot when you're, when you wake up at two 30 in the morning, right. And you already went to bed fairly late and you were drinking the night, you know, like you're not getting more than five hours of sleep. That's just, that's just how it is. And then you go out the next day and you're just hanging out at the lake and the sun's beating on you and you just get even more dehydrated and exhausted. And I'm to the point right now I am just so, and then, Oh my gosh. And then on, 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 I, we got back on Monday, uh, you know, the lake house is only like a half hour from our house, but we get back on, on Monday, labor day. And I have a draft that night and it's with, uh, f- some FanDuel employees, fellow FanDuel employees, the commissioner, who's a great dude. I mean, he didn't mean to do this, but the commissioner, it's an auction league. He accidentally set it up as a snake draft and the draft was at nine Eastern. Okay. And then we had to fix the draft to make it a, an auction draft. It didn't start until nine 30. And then it's an auction draft, which usually oh, takes like two and a half hours. Forever. So I, I, currently, as I'm speaking right now, I am completely and utterly exhausted. I could just fall asleep right now and sleep yeah. for about 18 hours. But the people need their content. And right. so, so we are here to deliver. Right. And I don't drink caffeine. Right. Like that's another, oh. I'm not, I'm not, I can't be, I'm, I'm just not caffeinated through all this. This is the one time where I actually am like craving, you know, mm. I've been, I've been fairly good about not really craving uh, that, but, but inject me with it right now. Yeah. Come on, Tom Brady, just have a little caffeine. Yeah. You, you won't, you won't <laughs> die. <laughs> By the way, did you, were you surprised that Tom Brady was, was evidently vaxxed? I was Right. I was. I'm not. This is not a political discussion here. This is just. I'm very because he obviously cares so much about what goes into his body. I'm just. I was kind of surprised about him being vaccinated. I was surprised until I considered the following: that Tom Brady is the most ferocious, vicious competitor in the history of sport. Right. And he would do anything to to win, including you know eating gluten. So and 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 and, and 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 including getting a vaccination against COVID nineteen. So that that checks out. 
Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. The the will to win was more important than the will of saying no to putting something like that that's un- relatively unknown into his body. That that's what it came down to. Yeah, and they're a hundred. The Bucks are a hundred percent. They're the, they're the anti Vikings. They they they're yeah. you know the good job Bucks. Yeah, what are the Vikings at right now? Uh sixty nine percent, I believe. Yeah, that's very nice. Um, all right. Well, this is week one, Denny. Uh, we do have some streamers. We talked about some of these guys uh, when we talked about early season schedules. So there's going to be some duplicative. Uh, is that how you du- duplicative? Is that, is that I right? believe so. I believe that's, that's, good, right. that's good enough. Look, anyone listening to this, like laughing at me right now, you try. So you try. Yeah. Say, yeah. say it out loud. It's not the easiest thing in the world. Okay. Okay. Uh, so we'll, we'll have some repetitive names. See how I went around that. Uh, and, <laughs> yeah, like, we, that was a porky pig move. <laughs> you, <laughs> yeah. you went with the hard word and you, you drew back and you said, nope, no repetitive. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we'll, we'll have some names you guys heard before, uh, but we have new ones as well. We have a, a good number of them. Um, and you know, it's the beginning of the season. The, the detail that we'll give with the analysis probably isn't as strong as it will be in like week seven or eight. Um, uh, but it's something and hopefully it helps. So Denny, you know what, before we get going, and talking about this, mm-hmm. do you have anything fun going on over at uh, NBC Sports Edge? I do. Glad you glad you asked. So I have I have my kicker column up. I'm going to have my target decoder column up. That'll you know be mostly about um, borderline fantasy options for the week. Uh, that'll be up on Thursday. So check that out. We have all sorts of stuff going up this week. Our full you know content slate is being uh you know is, is unfolding also check out the our dfs uh, um options we have uh, a, a dfs optimizer for nfl that is that has so many cool options and look i'm a company guy but i'm also saying this sincerely i have so much fun messing around with different settings on the on the, on the dfs optimizer and so you should too check it out all right denny I'll kick things off quarterback. We have three of them for you guys. The first one, Jimmy Garoppolo, he's facing Detroit, Detroit, according to PFF's secondary rankings. I like using PFF early in the season because they, uh, you know, they obviously have a lot of thought process behind their grades uh, and and they're looking at these things uh, on a very detailed level compared to, you know, looking at like fantasy points allowed last year. It's not that that's like horrific necessarily, but there's a lot that's changed and um, PFF is on top of that kind of thing. And I like having, you know, instead of me sitting here saying, I think that Detroit secondary is going to be bad. Um, I don't <laughs> think that that's really that strong of analysis. So I'd rather use something that has a backbone to it and some substance. So PFF has Detroit secondary as the 30th ranked secondary entering uh, the season, right? San Francisco right now, seven and a half point favorite over on FanDuel Sportsbook. They have a team total of 26 and a half points as a result of that. That's one of the higher ones of the week. Uh, it's a top five one on, on just the, the weekend slate. Um, I, I don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo has a super, super high ceiling, uh, but I think in this matchup in particular, it's, it's, it's a pretty safe bet. He's a, he's a fairly safe bet. I think he's like a mid range QB two or so just, just given this matchup um, against Detroit should be beatable. We know that he has weapons. Um, you know, again, if you want to look at, at what sports books are saying, Vandal yeah. Sportsbook gives them a really a, a pretty high over or a pretty high team total here. Um, and so some of those points are converted via the air. Uh, then all of a sudden, you know, he, he could throw for 220 yards and two or three touchdowns and he pays off and he's fine. So I think Jimmy G is a, is a pretty safe streaming option here in week one. 
what, what do we think about about Lance? How, how does he, uh, you know, is he going to, do you think he can like destroy that touchdown upside? I, I, I'm kind of scared of Lance. You mean if, if Lance ends up, but if he like rotates in with, with Jimmy G. Oh yeah. I mean, if there's a rotation, then obviously there's an issue, right? Um, if, if there's not as much of one and not one at all, then Jimmy G's in play. But if there's word, I mean, if you get more and more word that like, they're going to legitimately yeah. rotate these guys, then I, I would be off of Jimmy Garoppolo. Right, right. And and also there I think I guess there's some question as to whether Trey Lance will be ready for week one after his uh finger situation. What do they call it? A, a cracked finger? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. He had like a yeah, he it's like he he it's, it's like if you like dropped a mug or something. Yeah, what, what, what are we also calling that a broken finger or no? Right. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, I think, I mean, all, all sense point right now to Jimmy Garoppolo being the starter week one. Um, yeah. And so we'll see how they, you know, if, if you learn anything new, I mean, we're recording this on a, on a Tuesday. Tuesday. So if yeah. you learn anything new, then, then obviously adjust, but I think right mm-hmm. now, Jimmy G is fine. All right. I have Sam Q Darnold, the ninth. Uh, of course I do, because last week I talked incessantly about uh, Dan Arnold and, uh, He's uh, playing the Jets, so we have revenge season. Uh, also, you know, I, I also looked at Pro Football Focus's secondary rankings coming into the year, and we have another bottom dweller here in the Jets. Uh, PFF ranks the Jets secondary 28th uh, in the league coming into the season. I mean, it, it doesn't. It's not hard to see why, even though they have Robert Sala, we have, they have a new coaching staff. And I, and I think that, you know, they obviously they will be better than last year because it literally can't get worse. Um, they could still be kind of a pushover on defenses, particularly against the pass. The Jets' top options at cornerback right now are Bryce Hall, who was the 65th rated cornerback, cover cornerback in the league last year, uh, Javelin Gudry, Judry. And Brisson Austin, uh, you know, my difficulty saying those names might tell you, um, you know, where they are as far as NFL uh, defensive talents go. Uh, so I think that Darnold has like the perfect matchup besides playing against his, his former team has a perfect matchup in his first game of first regular season game with uh, Carolina. Also, the, the Jets really didn't get much pressure on the passer last year. And we all know that Darnold is not not the best with with uh, pressure openly admitting to seeing ghosts. Uh, I, was that last year? It feels like ten years ago, but I believe it was last season. Uh, was it last so season? I, maybe two seasons. No, ago? I, I don't know. I'm just saying, like it's like I, I, Sam Darnold's still like like 19 years old, and I know it feels like he's been in the league for like seven years already. It, exactly. Honestly, this game is not like from a process standpoint this game like has some something to be desired a 43 and a half point over under like that's kind of gross uh i mean the 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 panthers are are favored here by four i believe at the moment but it's still not a great implied total i do i do think that it has sneaky shootout potential i i I don't know if like zach wilson and dan and sam darnold's uh, upside as being like factor or, or I guess, uh, upgrades at the quarterback positions for both teams is being factored into that over under. 
Yeah, no, I, I would agree. I actually think, and we, we don't have him listed here because it's just way, way too risky, I think. But I, I think Zach Wilson is kind of in play too, like a, as like a deeper, deeper play. I mean, because there is a chance based on what we saw in the preseason, based on the fact that he went second overall, all of that, he was a good prospect. Yeah. There's a chance that he's just very, very good. And, and uh, you know, if that if that hits right away, then all of a sudden he could be fantasy relevant here in week one. But I think that you could go with Tyrod Taylor as your deep option. Facing Jacksonville, Jacksonville secondary ranks 27th against the pass, according to Pro Football Focus. Um, they shouldn't be very good at getting the quarterback this year either. Um, and so, you know, it's a it's a good matchup on paper from a, an offensive defense standpoint. Uh, Houston's entire team is going to be horrific. So definitely understand that if you, for some reason, have to play Tyrod Taylor. Hopefully, if you're in a one-quarterback league, you definitely don't have to. Yeah. Uh, but the team total is only 21 points, so it's not – that great from that perspective, but over Tyrod Taylor's last three starts where he played significant snaps, he's run the ball for 77, 26 and seven yards. Um, so we know that there is some of that rushing upside with Tyrod Taylor. I, again, I can't imagine that you would have to use him, but on paper, this is one of the instances where you would hypothetically want to use Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. I, and it's all about the rushing because he's not going to do it through the air, especially with how horrific the, you know, Houston receiving room looks outside of Brandon cook. So uh, yeah, you're, you're hoping, I guess you're hoping like for a rushing touchdown or something along those lines with, yeah. with Tyrod, but he's yeah. I mean, Jacksonville's defense is probably going to stink, honestly. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to tight end. Uh, even though we usually go in a different order, uh, but we'll go tight end. Denny, why don't you talk about a tight end? I'm going to talk about Tyler Conklin uh, who is the presumed tight end one for Minnesota. Uh, the Vikings are playing the Bengals. The Vikings, first of all, it's a great environment for Conklin. We always, just, just as a reminder to the folks about what we look for in tight end streaming, one critical factor is uh, is a good environment, including a, a high implied total for their team. The Vikings have a 25 and a half point implied total, one of the highest of the week uh, against a Cincinnati defense that's probably just going to be horrific as per usual. Um, Conklin ran a good number of routes last season, late last season, when Irv Smith was healthy. Irv Smith is now not healthy and won't, won't be healthy for the entire season. I know that they signed Chris Herndon, talking about the Vikings. They signed Herndon after the Smith injury. But, you know, Herndon's been with the team for like a cup of coffee. Right. So I would expect Conklin to be the primary pass-catching uh, tight end, at least early in the season. The issue with Conklin is that, you know, tragically he's a good blocker. So we might, we might lose him eventually in the, in streaming circles. But for now, I think, I think he's a solid play. The Bengals were super soft against tight end last year. They allowed the ninth most receptions and the third most uh, tight end yards, uh, tight ends on total. Uh, no, so not individually, but on total tight ends averaged, 7.9 targets per game against the Bengals last season. So the more I talk about Conklin, the more I like him. I'm going to, I'm going to go to Zach Ertz. I think Ertz is actually like not a bad option in general. Um, look, I, I'm, I'm certainly not like this, like Ertz fan uh, just in terms of like him as a player, but I've definitely been not drafting. I haven't drafted any Dallas Goddard this year because Zach Ertz is still there. And last season, what we saw is that Goddard only really thrived when Ertz was not in the lineup. 
But Ertz last season, um, you know, he finished with an 18.6% target share per game, which is really not that bad at all. Uh, Dallas Goddard was 16.8%. Zach Ertz had more targets overall than Goddard did. They both played 11 games, but Ertz had a fair, I mean, two percentage points better and target share per game than Goddard did. Um, You know, he, again, I don't think that Ertz is like that good anymore, um, but I I don't know if it matters. Like, I I think that they're still going to target him a decent bit. Um, and the fact that I think a lot of people would walk into this game and think, you know, they're playing Atlanta. It's the worst secondary in the league going into the season. Um, this game could shoot out. It could be high scoring. And you're sitting there at Dallas Goddard on your team and you're saying, yeah, I'm throwing Dallas Goddard into my lineup. Well, use that exact same logic and use it with Zach Ertz. They're going to run a lot of two, two tight end sets as they do in Philadelphia more than likely. Um, and so you're going to, I know that there's a new coaching staff and such, but likely still going to happen. Um, but if we see, you know, if we're using evidence from last year, um, I don't think that we can just assume that Goddard's just going to be like the dude. Um, and so I'm going to, I'm going to say that Ertz is probably the safest and best, like real tight end streamer going into week one, because this game, again, it's, it's an environment that a lot of people are going to attack from a DFS standpoint. Um, you know, it could be high scoring between Atlanta and Philly. Uh, and so I, I think Ertz just makes a lot of sense. Uh, the Zoomers will never use Ertz, but that is uh, to their detriment. So yes, yes. We'll go to the next one. Dan Arnold, of course, I contractually obligated to talk about him. Please, Dan Arnold, catch some passes in week one. Don't make me look like an idiot. Uh, you know, it'd be sweet, JJ, uh, uh, a Sam Darnold to Dan Arnold touchdown in week one. Yeah, I'm, 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 it sounds like you you would love that. I sound, hey, I, See, you know, you would love it too. No, the thing that the thing that's so frustrating with the Dan Arnold love that you have is that it's at the expense of my boy Terrace Martin. I know. So I it's know. it's just tough. It's so tough for me to. But hear. what if what if what if this just means that Sam Darnold's gonna you know rip the league apart? You know, I mean, look, if he rips the league apart, that's fine. But Terrace Marshall, <laughs> Terrace Marshall needs to get some of this love too. Yeah. So I, I I gave my case last week. I'll just distill it real quick for Dan Arnold. Last year, Ian Thomas in Carolina ran the ninth most pass routes among all tight ends, drew only 30 targets, was basically not a part of Joe Brady's offense in Carolina. Uh, Arnold has been a go-to guy for Darnold throughout training camp in the preseason, and Dan Arnold might not be bad. He was seventh in fantasy points over expectation last season per Rotoviz. So um, between Conklin and Arnold, it's tough. I, I would lean Arnold, but I like both, both of the guys I wrote up. I'm going to go deeper and talk about a player that I talked about on this show uh, briefly. Uh, I think I just did it as like an aside, but uh, it's Dawson Knox. I, the last like month I've just gotten Knox cause he's free. I've just, mm-hmm. I've just thrown the dart at Knox, not as my tight end one. Um, but he's rostered in just 6% of, of Yahoo leagues right now. I think I mentioned this last time we, we chatted, but, uh, in my ADP database, which uses my fantasy league ADP data, uh, and it goes back to 2011, there have been 24 tight ends who've been drafted after pick 150 who had a top five quarterback associated with them. And the mm-hmm. reason I'm looking at top five is because I found there's a correlation of top five quarterbacks by ADP and how their tight ends perform. There's usually um, you know, the tight ends usually perform better than the alternatives of those 24, four of them broke out. And by break breaking out, I mean, they exceeded ADP expectation by 75 or more fantasy points. That rate of breaking out, I mean, it's four out of 24 doesn't seem that significant, but it is significant compared to other subsets, especially when you're looking at players being drafted that late. 
So uh, obviously Dawson Knox has that top five quarterback and Josh Allen throwing him the ball. They're playing Pittsburgh uh, this week. You're, you're obviously hoping that a player like Knox and, you know, a lot of these guys can just fall into the end zone. But I will say that last year when Pittsburgh played Buffalo, Dawson Knox had his second highest target share on the season at 17%. So I, I, I think that there's some reason to believe that Knox could be somewhat relevant uh, in, in this game. Um, the only hesitation I would maybe have is if they, they keep him uh, in line because of the Steelers pass rush. But, uh, you know, we'll see. I, I don't think it's a, a horrific play. I think that you could do worse. You definitely could. All right, we're ready for defense. Oh, no, we have Anthony Ferkser. Sorry. Yeah, don't forget about Ferkser, man. I can't forget about, as Rotopat calls him, Ferk Daddy, which makes yeah. me incredibly uncomfortable <laughs> um, thinking of uh, filing a lawsuit against uh, against Pat. But uh, so, you know, Ferkser is uh, freed up, I guess, to be the, the primary pass catching tight end for Tennessee with Jonu Smith's departure to New England and free agency. Uh, his, his preseason usage, uh, left us wanting, uh, to, to put it mildly the the coaches have also, the Titans coaches have also expressed a lot of concern about Ferkser's ability and or willingness to block. So he might not actually be on the field a whole lot, which is worrisome, but the reason we're talking about him is because of the environment in week one between the Titans and Cardinals. Uh, the, the game has the, what is it? The fifth highest total of the week at, at 50, uh, fourth highest at 51 and a half points. The Titans have a 27.25 point um, implied total. So there will be lots of scoring. And the hope is that some of that scoring will involve uh, Anthony Ferkser uh, I, I, I have to downgrade him after like, you know, a, a really quiet August, as far as reports go, as far as his place in the, in the lineup, uh, for Tennessee, I have to downgrade him a little bit. I, I would prefer just, just to name two, uh, Dan Arnold and, and Conklin over Ferkser in week one. The other guy to at least watch for, if you guys want to get really crazy with it, um, because you know, we're, we're getting, we're getting crazy when we're setting our fantasy lineups, uh, Jawan Johnson for, for new Orleans, uh, converted wide receiver. One of those guys who we always end up targeting, um, you know, on this show. Uh, but, but he was running, uh, the third down pass routes for new Orleans in the preseason at the tight end position. Um, and this was even before the Adam Troutman injury happened. So I wouldn't be shocked if he's involved in some way. And as we know, there's a lack of, of pass catchers uh, in, in that New Orleans offense. You know, I understand the Marquez Callaway thing happening and, and whatnot, but, but Traquan Smith, it's, it's the seventh year of his breakout uh, and, <laughs> and or incoming breakout. Um, Marquez Callaway still isn't proven, right? Even though I, I do think that he showed a lot, obviously, in the preseason. Um, and then you have Kamara out of the backfield, but without Michael Thomas, there's just not a lot of alternative, pa- al- alternative, alternative, alternative. <laughs> what's my that? gosh what is wrong i'm so tired guys it's the lake the, that's doing this to me the jj 5000 is malfunctioning yeah i feel like i said it right the first time and then i was like no i'm gonna correct something that i actually got right uh but there's not all these other options in the offense uh for them to go to so maybe juan johnson becomes a thing so at least keep him in mind as well let's move on to the defense is i'm gonna go i'm gonna start things off with carolina against the jets 
you guys know our general process for defenses. Carolina's at home. They're five point favorites. They're facing a rookie quarterback. Those three things come together very nicely uh, for a team, for uh, a defense. I will say again, I, I want to throw it out. Like this is a little bit riskier than it probably looks like because Zach Wilson is not just like some random rookie quarterback. Not only is his class good, but he was the second quarterback drafted and he, and he looks good. Um, but the other thing with Carolina is you get good matchups in weeks two and three because they get the Saints and then they get the Texans. And the Saints, obviously, Jameis Winston. I'll get to that in a second. But those are two decent enough matchups where you might be able to use Carolina for the first three weeks of the season. For sure. I have uh, my top defense is actually the Falcons defense against the Eagles. I, I, I have a weird thing about the Falcons defense this week, despite pro football focus ranking their secondary as dead last headed into the season. And for good reason, you can, you can read about that on PFF. Um, but they are playing Jalen Hurts, who is incredibly inaccurate as a passer, or at least was last year. Hurts completed 52% of his passes last season. That's a rate that dropped to 46% over his final two games, the last of which he was famously pulled from. Um, Hertz had the lowest adjusted completion rate of any quarterback in 2020 who played at least 20% of his team snaps. Uh, the adjusted rate is the percentage of aimed passes thrown on target, just for clarification. In other words, he's not so accurate. And if the Falcons can somehow build some sort of lead and force Jalen Hurts and the Eagles into a, a pass-heavy negative game script, I think that could be very, very good for for Atlanta's defense. I, I, I do. I think that actually, I think the Hurts can do well in this game, and the Falcons' defense can be serviceable for fantasy purposes. If you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that there are other options. Like, I, I, I would still consider the Falcons a deep option. Would you consider them a deep option? Or are you more yeah. bullish on them than I? Well, I mean, I would take Carolina. Yeah, I, I would take the next one. I'm going to talk about too. I would take Green Bay over them. Yeah, Green Bay too. Yeah. So Green Bay, they're uh, playing against New Orleans. Um, Jameis, as we know, has been a turnover-friendly quarterback. Maybe that changes with the Saints, um, but e even if it doesn't, the Packers are four-point favorites. They have one of the better secondaries in the league. Uh, I, I think that they're a fairly safe option. And look, I do think that you want to lean sort of safety in general in week one. Like, I think Atlanta is a really interesting, like, GPP option or something like that. Right, or if right. you – like it's like perfect for that kind of environment. Right. Um, but you know, we, we know that Atlanta's team itself, the defense itself is, is likely not going to be good as you noted. And so um, I, I think it's a little bit easier to go with like a team like green Bay that has a good defense uh, facing this team in new Orleans. I'm actually surprised that the over under in that game is as high as it is. I think it's like 50 right now. Yeah. Um, and, and it's not like the, I mean, the Packers are four point favorites, they're road favorites, but they're, they're four point favorite. I guess this is the game that's they're playing this in Jacksonville, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I would be, I, I don't want to say I'm like pounding the under um, because I haven't analyzed the matchups uh, close enough yet. Uh, but I, it did kind of jump at me as, as a game that seems like a little high, just given what we're seeing across the board with some of these games. So uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked if it went under. And then on top of that, they're four point favorites. I think that green Bay does well defensively. Uh, and so they're a streamer and they also, by the way, they have a good matchup next week because they get Detroit and they're 10 point favorites. Oh man, that's a good, uh, good, good call there. Good look ahead. Um, 
I'm now going to talk about a, a defense that I five minutes ago said uh, stinks, which is the Jacksonville defense against Houston. Uh, it's at the games at Houston, but you know, the Texans are terrible and they're going to be a target of ours all season, but the, you know, they have the fifth lowest implied total of week one, the Jaguars, you know, might be bad on defense, but it, it won't matter much. I don't think if they grab an early lead and, and kind of control the game because our guy, Terod Taylor has traditionally collapsed in negative game script uh, in career losses. Terod Taylor has completed 60% of his throws and averaged half an interception per game. You compare that to wins when he's completed 65% of his passes and he's averaged an incredible 0.1 interceptions per game in, wow. in wins. Um, and also uh, Taylor has taken two and a half sacks per game in losses, only one and a half in wins. You know, he, he's not, you know, he's, he's not the kind of quarterback who uh, is going to be very good, especially late career to Rod Taylor is not going to be very good when he's uh, when the, the defense knows he's going to drop back to pass. So if the Jags can can do that, can you know uh, can accomplish that, then I think I think they can they can do well. But honestly, I I would rather play Atlanta over over uh, Jacksonville. Interesting. Yeah, I mean I think they're sort of like in the same bucket just because the defenses aren't going to be super super good. Uh, the last defense I want to mention the New York Giants. Uh, they're facing Denver. Denver. If you have Denver's defense, then good on you. You were very forward thinking during your draft because they have a good soft yeah. uh, start to their season as well. But I do think the Giants sort of work as like a floor play um, in this matchup. Uh, this game could be ugly. These are two very like the Giants' defense is really not that bad, uh, and then Denver could end up having the best defense in the league once the season's over. Um, so you have a 41 and a half point over under, which is super ugly two and a half point spread. It's not necessarily going to be lopsided. Um, so I, I think that just, this could be just an ugly defensive struggle that ends up giving you, uh, some fantasy points. I don't think anyone's really that afraid of Teddy Bridgewater at this point. So, uh, I'm going to say the giants, we'll, we'll throw the giants in the bucket with the Falcons and the Jags, but I'd probably, I'd say that they're safer just because they're a better defense, but I think the other ones are at least like more fun right to throw in your line right 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 a little more volatile maybe yeah so but i would say carolina and green bay seem to be like the the go-to defenses this week so to recap we have the giants packers jags falcons uh panthers we have Jawan johnson as a, as a deep play dan arnold dawson knox anthony ferkser probably a deep play too tyler conklin zach Ertz, and then we have tyrod taylor as the deep play jimmy garoppolo and sam darnold the fourth all right <laughs> <laughs> let's go to Twitter. Let's see what people are saying. This first one's from at Chris underscore Riley underscore FFB. What is the most consistently annoying part of working in fantasy football during the season? Which part of each of your jobs do you just dread weekly? I'll, I'll go. I mean, my, mine is easily data collection. It's just, it's just annoying. Not, not everything is automated for me. I mean, I, I try to automate as much stuff as I possibly can, but uh, not all of it's automated. It's just a pain in the butt to, to do that every week. Um, and I really need to be in like a Zen mood, right. In Zen mode to just be able to sit there and not get like fidgety and like, want to just like stop. Um, so that's definitely the, that, that and editing my podcast are the two things that I just cannot stand doing. Right. Right. Yeah. Data collection, uh, in the wrong mind, mind frame, right. Mindset, uh, can be excruciating. I, you know, I would say that on weeks 
coming off a good week in redraft and DFS, whatever, where I got a lot of things right, I'm I'm good. Like nothing, nothing really bothers me too much about about you know going about my job. When I've had a bad week though, it's hard sometimes. Yeah. It's hard to like to like pick yourself up off the floor and be like, okay, everything you did last week was incorrect. Like, yeah. all right, not not everything you did, but the conclusions that you came to, it was wrong. They were wrong, and you were wrong, and you suffered the consequences, and you lost in DFS, and you and you lost all your redraft leagues. And so that's what I struggle with is like getting, getting up after those losses. There aren't many jobs. I mean, look, there's a lot of jobs out there where you're going to be wrong uh, in general, right? You're obviously, you know, but, but a lot of jobs that, that uh, state of being wrong or like the answer comes like sometimes years later, right? Cause you're, you're right. you yeah. change something in a process or something like that at work, or you're like doing a project and it's like a couple of years long project, but there are a few jobs where uh, not, not just something can go wrong. Like if you're a doctor or something and like something like that's, that's naturally going to happen, but hopefully it doesn't happen like super, super frequently. But if you're doing what we're doing, maybe weathermen can, can understand, but if you're doing what we're doing, like we're getting so much stuff wrong in such a short period of time. So everyone remembers that stuff that you were saying yeah. that you got wrong and it's not the easiest uh, thing. I mean, I'm used to it at this point, but it's not the easiest thing to, to yeah. sort of deal with. No, it's not. Okay. I mean, cause you like, I don't know if, if people think fantasy analysts don't really care in the end because it doesn't matter. I mean, I, I can speak for myself and for most, if not all of the people I know in the industry and say that they really care. Like yeah. they, they, people will want to do well they they want to look they want to be right that's why we play we play because we want to be right we want to be able to predict something and and when when we do it's fun and when we don't it hurts and it can be kind of deflating right if we if we didn't care then that would be bad like it would just be like it would just be bad like you would have no motivation and you were getting that means that you were getting information and picks and etc from analysts that don't care about you succeeding which at the end of the day look i mean existential uh you know thinking about this existentially yes sure this stuff doesn't matter at all i'm not trying to say that but we're in this bubble of it does matter right like like it's a given that if you're listening to the show you care about fantasy football and poop but you you know there's <laughs> like you you have to make the we're making the assumption that you care about winning um and so it does suck because we want people to win by listening to what we're saying right. next question is at Michugana. Proper way to organize utensils drawer. For me, little fork, big fork, little spoon, big spoon, knives. But every time my wife puts them away, the order changes. She has oh. no order. Should I fear for my life? She has no order. This is this is insane. I, here, I, I don't I don't think I have an order. You don't? I don't think I have an order because of all people, I would expect you to have an order. I, I don't think I have an order because I we we never use all of our utensils to the point where there's not a baseline already in the utensils drawer for where to put everything. Right. Does that make sense? Oh, so I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't have like a strong opinion about like which order it goes in because I never have to make that decision ever in my life. I can't name the order right now off the yeah. top of my head, but I would know if I open the drawer right now, you could blindfold me and I would be like, Oh, okay. Like big fork, little fork, whatever. Um, here's, here's why I might actually be into uh, creating an order that I stick to is that our, our utensil drawer doesn't work properly. 
<laughs> so I can't pull it out all the way. So I, I have to know. I just have to oh, remember just where I just reach into the drawer and I have to know. And let me tell you, I'm never going to fix that drawer. Never. That feels like a that feels like a very dangerous situation when you're uh, taking knives out and stuff. Uh, well, we only have the butter knives in okay, there. We that's a, that's like what we do too. Yeah. Do you yeah, have like the, the, the you have like the, the block that you can just stick the the knives? That's in? right. All, yeah. all the sharp knives. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. I got you. Uh, we're 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 suburban dads. Uh, yeah, oh, a real quick story about the big knives. Uh, we told Xavier he could start making his own breakfast. My my son is is eight years old. He started making. He was very excited about this, and he said, "Can I make eggs?" So we showed him how to make eggs. He he felt very independent, and and, and one day I walked into the kitchen, and he's holding a butcher knife. <laughs> and he he just turns to me, he goes, "Hey, Dad." I said, "Uh, what what are you what are you doing with that?" He said, "I'm I'm cooking." I said, "You don't need a butcher knife for anything, so why don't you put that back?" He's like, no, 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 I can cook now. You said I could cook. Anyway, it was a misunderstanding that we we remedied quickly. What was he trying to, to do with it? He was chopping up uh, something, chopping up carrots or celery or something like that. Man. Not for breakfast, but for something else. But like, it was the biggest knife. He looked like Michael Myers walking yeah. around the, the, the kitchen. Freaked right. me out. Well, I was thinking that he was trying to like crack the egg with a... With a <laughs> <laughs> No. Uh, next one's at legends troy there is no way jj enjoys listing off all of the gambling helpline phone numbers at the start of his podcast you're correct if there was a trouble blanking call uh if there was a if there was a trouble blanking call warning at the start of living the stream what would it be for example trouble streaming call 1-800 tyrod 4qb in the est zone only uh so, yeah, I mean, I think the, the thing that popped into my head would be a, a tilting line. Yeah. Right. Tilting line uh, where we can we can assure you that the, the process was followed and that, you <laughs> yeah, know, exactly. that the, the, the results don't have to be the end all be all. But the process, the process, the process. It's, it's, it's only me and you on the other end of the call. That, that yeah, maybe the call. that's it. They, they call they, they call 1-800 the process and they and one of us picks up and just says the process, the process, the process, the process, right. And until the person is calm and okay and they yeah. hang up and they continue. It's a very reassuring hotline and help and helpline. I mean, you, you really, we, th this could be a, I mean, I don't think that you could monetize it very easily, uh, <laughs> but no. I, I'm imagining a world too, where we like open up our, our, like we, we legitimately get a phone number, like a Google phone number and people call us on Sundays and we answer and we try to reassure them for like a minute that everything's going to be okay. The problem is we're tilting ourselves. So it'd be very difficult to do that. On that's Sundays. right. I think, I think that's a million dollar idea, honestly. Yeah. Uh, this next one is from at mana underscore dork. What offensive player has the highest chance of being traded by mid season? And who do you think would trade for him? You know, who popped in my head here is Brandon cooks, right? Like it cool. feels like, Feels like Brandon oh, Cooks is going to be that guy. Always, always, he's always right. that guy. I, I don't know which team it's going to be. Brandon Cooks, and it's going to be to a team that loses, you know, a competitive team that loses one of their wide receivers to injury. That's what it's going to be. Yeah, to the Rams maybe. Um, yeah, back back to the Rams after Robert Woods gets hurt. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Well, the uh, there was a report a couple weeks ago that I may or may not have blurbed for the Edge, 
uh, we said, uh, all, everybody is available, uh, on the Texans roster. It, yeah. Like if you, if a team wants these guys, they can go get them. Um, the, the team didn't say that it was a report from, from someone with insider knowledge, but so that can mean David Johnson too. I could see yeah. David Johnson, uh, leaving town. Yeah. Next question at boo underscore duh underscore pest. What is the ideal age for traveling with a child? Each age seems uh, to have its pros and cons. Infant, a mobile but little control over volume. Toddler, fairly mobile but still able to catch. Slight control over volume. Young child, extremely mobile but easily distractible. No, no, the the, the right age is 21 <laughs> for travel. If you had to, here, let's say this. If you had to choose... A, a child between zero and six months, a child between six months and a year and a half, a child between a year and a half and three, and then three to five, what would you choose? Give me the youngest. You think you would, you would rather have as um, an infant on a vacation infant. or something than like, I, I think like, like Avery right now, she's, she just turned three. Right. I think she's a, a decent enough age because she, I mean, she also listens fairly well, but like she's still right. doing things, right? Like she's still, you're not, you're not really having to like, you know, if she's with someone else, I'm not having to really worry about like the, the dumb things that people are potentially doing with your child. Not that I like overly worry about that kind of thing, but you know what I'm saying? Like if, yeah. you, if you have like a, a four month old, you're, you're, you're helicoptering that four month old a lot more than you are a three year old. But I'm talking about an infant. Okay. It's, I mean, it's the same deal. But the infant, you're up every two hours. Well, I don't know. If you, if you, if you sleep train them, that might be better. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I just remember going on vacation when, when Xavier was tiny. And we could put him down in, in our room. Like we were staying in like a big beach house with a bunch of people. We could put him down in our room at seven o'clock. And just be good for the night and yeah. like hang out. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That, I mean, and, and you can't do that. It's the opposite. Once they get to be three, four years old, it's, it's you, you, all your time and energy is, is devoted to corralling them. Yeah. Well, look, it is a process. I, so like Avery, this past, at the, at the lake house this past week, she would go down. She usually goes to sleep around like seven 30 to eight. Um, and she would go down around eight because it was, you know, we were all hanging out and stuff. She'd go down around eight. And then there was probably like a half hour period of constantly going in there to because she would, you know, ask for, you know, how how toddlers are. They they, they just they, for, for anyone who doesn't have a chid, a kid, a, a chid, a kid <laughs> who uh, is is of that age or has not experienced that before. They find anything to latch on to while they're going to sleep. Yeah. To say to say this is going to be part of my routine now, you know, in when when I'm falling asleep, you know, to the point of like, oh, where's Larry? Like I said earlier, or like, like I don't have this very specific book next to my bed when it's been there three times in the past, but now I really, really need it. They'll just latch yes. on. Like, like I, I walked in last week. Avery's like, Daddy, 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 and I like went upstairs after we had already tucked her in and everything was good. And I walk in and I was like, What's wrong? And I saw her, her wheels spinning up, up, to, uh, up North, right. In, in her brain. Right. And I'm like, I'm, she's like clearly thinking of some sort of excuse. And she looks at me and she goes, I forgot how to sleep. <laughs> I'm like, like, no, this is not an excuse that you can make 
to prolong this process. No, that's not how this works. I forgot I had to sleep. Well, close your eyes and try to remember. Yes. You know, that that's that that would be my no, no, no. It is it is funny. Yeah, they will latch on to anything to avoid actually going to sleep. Yeah. This has questions from at Cincy underscore Valentine. As a poop podcast of seasoned flatulators, have you ever called into a con- I don't think I've ever said that word out loud. Uh, have you ever called into a conference call while on the can? Um, I probably have. Yeah, I think I probably have, but nothing. Oh, actually, actually, JK, <laughs> I've done I've done one time. OK, it just it hit me at the wrong time. OK, I did a radio show from oh. the toilet from the toilet. Oh, yeah. Hit me at the wrong time. What, what am I going to do? Right. It's better to to do that and like mute in between if you feel like some noise is going to come out. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. B- better to do that than to start like just profusely sweating and, and run the risk of pooping your pants. I mean, yeah, you, you got to do what you got to do is 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 the, the lesson here. I I just remembered while you were talking years ago, I did a I did a phone interview for a job while on the toilet. Wow. And it was, it was precarious. Let's just say that. Right. You, you, you're constantly fearing that they can just hear the echo in, yeah. in the bathroom, yeah. right? They, they can hear anything that would tip, tip off like, like the rattle uh, of the flusher, you know? Yeah. Right. Like, you know, oh, oh what was that? Oh, it yeah. can only be one thing. You're taking right. a huge shit. Sorry yeah. to the kids. Yeah. I mean, I think everyone's had a moment like that, uh, you know, in their life, unless they have just the best colon uh, known to man, then, then props to you. You're very fortunate. A, a, dis- a discipline colon. Yeah. Okay. Right. Right. Uh, next question is from at electric gobbler. I'm curious about your answer to this, Denny, your most uh, rostered player across all teams entering the season. Um, well, shoot. I, um, I need to say, Oh, well, th- uh, probably Tyreek Hill. Honestly, I know, really? I know that's weird. I know that's weird. Cause he's a top, he's a top pick. That's probably not great process on my, on my, on my part. I, I also like constantly end up with Gio Bernard and I know you guys know that by now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's probably, it's probably Bernard. Actually, you know what? It's Bernard and Gus Edwards. I would say. I would say that mine is Jerry Judy, uh, Trey Sermon. I have a lot of Sermon and it's starting to become Javante Williams season on my team. Yeah. So been been getting a lot of him too. I, I had a lot of him. D- didn't he have an ADP spike at some point this summer? I forget. Or maybe just after the no, day. He, I can't. He might it's also a combination of like these guys getting hurt and then it just bumps all running backs up a little bit. But, so um, but yeah, I mean, look, I I, I think Javante Williams could be like a, a second half of the of the year league winner. Yeah, yeah, he's shaping up like that. Yeah. Uh, next question at Tyler Strong ninety five. The NFL season grind returns. What are you most and least excited for that has nothing to do with actually watching football? So the other question we got was about our jobs. This one is about what are we most and least excited for that has nothing to do with football during the season? I'll tell you what I'm excited for: hoodie weather, baby. Hoodie weather. <laughs> uh, I, I don't have a hoodie, so I guess I. Uh, oh yeah, wait. Do you still not have a hoodie? Oh, you know, I have one actually. You have, I do have one, one hoodie. You have one hoodie. I have one. Yeah. I, I want to know what the normal amount of hoodies that people well, own is because I, I, I think I might have 12 or 13. Why would you need more than one? 
Why do you, because I wear them like every day in the fall and winter. Like Danny, okay. You haven't been working from home long enough to, to realize that once fall and winter start, it's gym shorts and hoodie season. Um, so, so what am I, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm a big Halloween guy, oh, yeah, but Halloween. I, yeah. but I don't, I don't, I don't start celebrating in, in August and September. I, I wait till actual Halloween time. So it will, it will be a while from now, but by the start of October, I'm, I'm doing all the Halloween stuff, you know, with the kids, I'm watching the movies, I'm getting into the spirit. I'm looking forward to that. Let's go to this last question. This is from at Nick R W Noonan. How are, how sure are we that Randall Cobb won't pick back up where he left off with Aaron Rodgers in green Bay and be startable in fantasy this year? They're basically the winter wonderland green Bay version of Brady and Antonio Brown level bunk buddies without the cult diet. Right. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> uh, look, I, 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 I've drafted Cobb in a lot of leagues, actually, like a, more deeper leagues, obviously. But um, I think I got him in the listener league, right? Like, I think I drafted him in the yeah. listener league. I drafted yeah. him in the apex league that we're in because, yeah, I mean, like you can get cheap production that late. And I think that there's at least a narrative there that you can latch on to slash. We know that playing the slot is a lot easier than being a, a boundary and perimeter receiver. Um, and so he could last longer, uh, just in the league and be, be relevant. Um, so I, I would not be yeah. shocked at all if Randall Cobb is like a wide receiver three, four type this season. I don't think he's going to like be a top 20 guy. Like I have way, way higher hope, you know, the, the comparison he made with, with Tom Brady, Antonio Brown, I think Antonio Brown could legit be a top 20 wide receiver this year where yeah. I, I don't think that's in the range of outcomes really for Randall Cobb. Yeah, I mean, and, and another another difference between those two quarterback wide receiver pairings is the the legal trouble uh, that Randall Cobb is not in. So that, sure. that is another difference. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think when when an older uh, you know veteran quarterback like who is calling the shots on his team and like telling the front office how to operate when they bring in players when they recruit personally recruit players we have to pay attention like yeah. tom brady like recruited Gio bernard he recruited antonio brown like you know rogers was like yeah i'll come back if you get my my buddy back here in green bay so just from a narrative standpoint i think we have to really pay attention he probably won't produce talking about Cobb like yeah. he did his his first go around but he's not that old you no. know it's this is not like, like he's been pulled off the couch at 36 years old, you right, know? Right. Um, and, and yeah, I mean like any cheap part of a great offense like green Bay, I think you, you want to, you want some exposure to. Yeah. Uh, I should also mention uh, this to, to close out today's show. There's a tweet from at H I P hip, H I P U H H. And then there's a bunch of 69. So it's clearly a, a burner. Uh, but there, but yeah, but there, there's a tweet that says, and look guys, this is not a, I want to preface, please do not email me about me being political whatsoever or anything like that. I, this is, this is Denny not saying it. It's me because I know that I'm for whatever reason, I'm the one who people end up coming at because I guess they just, it's a given that Denny feels an act. Yeah. Way. Right. Uh, but I just thought that the tweet was hilarious. The way that everything came together with this tweet made me laugh out loud. And so <laughs> I, I want to read it. It says, is it high T to, is it high T to deworm yourself? And then there's a, and then there's a colon and then it says, please advise. And then there's just a follow-up tweet. And all it says is pumpkin spice ivermectin. 
<laughs> it's very good. Very That's good. good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you all might want to read the latest about what that horse dewormer does to you for, for dudes. Uh, it's a, uh, it's disturbing. So stop taking horse medicine and stick to human medicine is my, is my su- suggestion. Where'd you get your PhD, Denny? Oh, you're right. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> I should say I'm not a doctor, nor do I play one online. I, I will say that I would be hesitant uh, to take my dog's medication is, right, I, is just I, the thing. It's a fair statement. Fair statement. All right, Denny, <laughs> before we go, why don't you let everyone know where they can find you? Yeah, at CD Carter 13 on Twitter. And you can find all my writing and pod and other podcasting on NBCSportsEdge.com. You can find me on Twitter at Late Round QB. My other podcast, the Late Round Podcast, now doing four times a week, can be found anywhere podcasts can be found. Denny, let's go, let's go get a dairy free milkshake. Let's do it. Thanks for listening, guys. We will catch you next week. Thank you for listening to Live in the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long, it's fast. For more fantasy football info, check out LakeGroundQB.com. Hope you come back soon as we share about.